Stella made a beat, so it's go time. to another edition of the core four podcast this is a podcast under sb nations grizzly bear blues podcast network you can find us on spotify apple podcast google podcast stitcher and megaphone wherever you get your podcast we are a blog under sb nations grizzly bear blues find them on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on twitter at sp and grizzlies lots of great off-season content including mike conley trade speculation talks about john morant and the potential of this rebuild of what the jaron jackson john morant led team as well as the grizzly bear blues community mod draft so it's gonna be super stat we're super excited for it and if you're if you want in, just contact Joe Mullinax at Joe Mullinax on Twitter. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. And with me today is staff writer on Grizzly Beer Blues and the co-host of the 3D podcast, Sean Coleman. Sean, what's up? Hey man, how are you? You doing all right today? Yes, sir. How about yourself? Can't complain, can't complain. Been busy, not as busy as you though. I just wanted to compliment you. Congratulations on college graduation. You've been killing it with uh, the piece after piece the mike conley and me piece dude that was that was an awesome awesome write-up so uh congratulations to you on all the success here recently thank you sean thank you sean i'm ready and excited for this offseason our first all season together as gbb years and really just it's a great time to be a grizz fan if we're gonna be completely real just got the second pick so now we have Jaron Jackson Jr. and potentially Ja Morant to look forward to. We also just, it just seems like everything's just going right. Um, the Grizzlies have leverage in any potential Mike Conley deal because teams are going to get desperate, all that fun stuff. They're actually conducting a coaching search, unlike last year's fiasco with just hiring JB. And that's included five coaches, as it was recently announced as we're recording this podcast, that they just interviewed Nate Tibbetts, the Portland Trailblazers assistant coach. So it's really great to just see that, you know, the front off, new front office is doing their due diligence and trying to make this Grizzlies team better. And Sean, to just prepare for this rebuild, we're, we're in a good spot right now with Jaron Jackson Jr. and the second overall pick in this draft to so just move forward and expedite this rebuild process. And a lot of this expediting this rebuild process is trading Mike Conley. And so, Sean, you have been very vocal in our Slack, on GBB, on Twitter, about the idea of cashing in and acquiring more assets. And, Sean, I just want to talk about the whole Mike Conley trade stuff. I mean, Joe Molinax brilliant piece today or these past few weeks on Grizzly Bear Blues. Chris Hansen from the Daily Midfian also pointed out some potential trades as well as Justin Barrier from the Ringer. But I want to hear what you think, Sean. What are you looking for in any potential Mike Conley trade? 
I'm looking to maximize the future value um, of the Grizzlies roster, whether that be players, whether that be draft picks, whatever it may be. And I'm looking to do it in a way where the Grizzlies can get the most certainty with what they're getting back. Now, that may make people think that that means I would prefer players to picks. That's not necessarily true. I want certainty in terms of cost control. I want certainty in terms of this is a player that can has upside that can build our roster. I'm really looking for a mixture of both, and whether that's multiple firsts, whether that's you know, for instance, a Demonis Sabonis, a, um, a Jalen Brown, you know, some names that you've thrown out, Parker. I'm just looking for building blocks, and it's not just building blocks that can help us now, but can really fit a roster that's led by Jaron Jackson, and as you stated, uh, hopefully John Rant here in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. And I know it's stuff that Joe has put out on GBB, and um, he really mentioned this a lot first, and that was with Detroit. Um, it's not a any, it's not a good looking deal at all. I'm going to be completely honest. When you actually look at it, it includes guys like Reggie Jackson and Langston Galloway and John Luer. Like it's just, it doesn't look pretty. But yes, the trade here is Reggie Jackson, John Luer, Langston Galloway. This year's 15th pick and a 2020 first round pick that's top eight protected and then unprotected in 2021. And I'm more becoming enamored, of course, with like getting a draft pick, an extra draft pick in this year's draft because I like it a lot more than others. I think it's very loaded with um, potential elite role players, guys that could play key pivotal roles on championship teams, and or the idea of taking on an expiring contract this year to shell out as much cap space as possible in 2020. Like you said, a cost control. Like, especially since next year's free agency is going to be more heavily, um, it's more going to be more uh, restricted free agency as far as guys like Jalen Brown, Pascal Siakam. I mean, I think he's going to get extended, but still, that's a good target to pair with Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant, Jamal Murray, Malik Beasley. There's a lot of good restricted free agents in 2020. I think if you can try to get an expiring contract in any Mike Conley deal, as well as a pick, that's a win. Agreed completely. I, I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, and and that's why I put so much emphasis on. You know, I, I think you'd agree, Parker, is that when it comes to the teams that make the most sense for Conley, like the teams that truly are at that level where they could just add a Conley, they could be in a position to upset more talented teams to get around further than you might think they could in the playoffs, like a Detroit or an Indiana, or a Utah. Detroit and um, in Utah, they don't really have those attractive picks. But that's why I think you start looking at some teams that really make sense. And I think Indiana does. I think Indiana is, is, a, is a really good focus for the Grizzlies. And it's because of their situation. I think that's what it comes down to in a Mike Conley trade. You've got to focus on the team's situation. Indiana's got Miles Turner. They've already extended him four years, $72 million. Demonis Sabonis is looking at a similar opportunity. Do you want to extend those two and pay them $36 million combined for the next four years? Sabonis is a young guy, can shoot the three, can rebound. His strengths minimize Jaren's weaknesses. I think that's the type of return that you get. Now, do I know if we could get that? Possibly. 
not likely, but at the very least you explore. And that's what I want this Grizzlies brass to do. I want them to put effort into exploring how to maximize their potential assets with Conley and even with the number two pick, as we've discussed. Wait, did you just say Conley with the number two pick? Oh, I said Conley. If you want to, I said Conley and even with the number two pick. I was, oh. We've stated before. We, yeah, I mentioned to it before on this, show, on this show that you and Nathan discussed. I mentioned what if you paired Conley with the number two pick. I'm, I'm open to all avenues, Parker. You know, see, this is where we agree to disagree because you got the number two pick. It's going to be John Moran or R.J. Barrett, two guys that complement Jaron Jackson quite well. I just don't think you turned that down. And I think you can capitalize on your assets just as well with just Mike Conley itself. I mean, you've seen Phoenix as a potential team linked to it. If you can get that sixth pick and maybe pair – um. Maybe pair uh, John Morant with a guy like maybe if Jarrett Culver, or DeAndre Hunter fall there. That's a great, great young trio right there with with Jaw and T, uh, DeAndre Hunter and Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, Chicago with the seventh picks been mentioned at that range. I wouldn't mind risking it on a guy like Cam Reddish. Sorry, Joe. Like stating the facts, you have two top ten picks. I think you could risk risk it with just one. And um, so, you know, I just really – I think the city would burn down, Sean, if we traded the number two pick. But that's the thing about it that I think that people have to keep in mind. Um, we did some fun stuff today, me and Joe did, with the teams that we are representing in the community mock. And we talked about the whole Ben Simmons for Conley and the number two pick thing. Now, a month ago – we did a poll, and 66% said they wouldn't trade the number two pick Conley and Dylan Brooks for Ben Simmons. That's understandable. I did a poll today. 90% of people in that poll chose John Morant for the future over Ben Simmons. And I get it. Ben Simmons has his limitations. And people are going to look at the negatives of what they know and the positives of what they don't know when it comes to prospects in sports. But I think that that's where you have to kind of take a step back and realize just because you have the number two pick doesn't mean you have to settle for that. It's a great thing if you do, but don't treat it as, you know, not getting too cute or anything like that. Treat it as a high floor that if you execute it correctly could lead you to an even higher ceiling than you thought. And that's why I think that that's what it needs to be looked at. You've got to separate the number two pick from the player that's available there. I think John Moran is an excellent fit for us. I hope that we get him. I think that's the most likely scenario we would be fine with it. But if you could sit there and trade him in a trade where you can get multiple assets, multiple picks that, that could boost your roster, which needs as many assets as possible, plus get a haul for Conley, I think that that's an avenue you explore. And I think the Grizzlies would do themselves a disservice if they don't at least try to see what potential market is out there for both Conley, the number two pick, and potentially even both together. It's just one of those together. I'm just not not really with it. But I do understand what you're saying. Honestly, I would be more willing to talk about the idea of trading down for more assets if the Grizzlies were at like four. Or hell, even if they were at three and you can get R.J. Barrett, just see how much a team loves R.J. Barrett. And 
trade out, but I just don't see any team that could offer us that collection of assets that warrant trading the number two pick, yet alone trading the number two pick in Mike Conley. I think the only team with the, the assets to do it is Boston, and I don't want to make any... Actually, I'll go into a minute on one trade I'll make with Danny Ainge, but I, I won't make another trade with Danny Ainge that involves <laughs> me giving them me giving them a draft pick because this is where we are now. We're going to look into the idea of trading or the idea of conveying our pick to Boston in 2020 if it's not in the top six or 2021 regardless. So, But there is one trade, Sean, one trade that I would love to do with Danny Ainge. And that is if they strike out on Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving walks, I would take Gordon Hayward's contract plus two of their first-round picks this year, even our pick back. I know the Bleacher Report mentioned the idea of Gordon Hayward plus our pick for Mike Conley. And I think that a non-starter is Jalen Brown or our pick back. If you can get our pick back in any deal, I don't care if you're giving us freaking Simi Ojale. You can give me Simi Ojale and our pick back for Mike Conley, and I'd probably take it just because of the uh, – I'm that's very high uh, – just a hyperbole like there. Like I'm not actually – well, I don't want Simeogele, but you get my point. I would love the idea of trading with Boston for one, because it's the best situation for Mike Conley. Um, he gets the opportunity to go play for a winner, play for an elite coach. He played potentially with Al Horford, who is probably the Mike Conley of big men, and as long as well as young great players such as Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. I mean, I think that's the best trade package possible as far as accommodating for Mike, but also not getting screwed. Like I would take the last two years of Gordon Hayward's contract because it could be a very valuable expiring contract in 2020. If he ends up becoming, if he ends up back to like 80% of what he was, that's a valuable trade piece right there, as well as a great mentor and complimentary player next to John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Someone who can help you convey. And if you can get, the Grizzlies pick back, you're free. You can go get James Wiseman or Jalen Green without any issues in 2020 or 2021. Or if you can get two other picks back, that's three picks in this year's draft. And maybe then you can try to get like, uh, I don't know, um, Nicole Alexander Walker from Virginia Tech. Maybe even Grant Williams. Like I know you are, you would be all about that right there. <laughs> you are correct on that, sir. Uh, and, and the thing I'll say is this, is, is you bring up a very good point, you know, accommodating for Mike Conley. Well, let's look at what the number two pick it does for us. It accommodates us leverage. You know, this that, that number two pick moving up from the eighth spot in terms of chances to the number two spot, it has so much value there. This is like we're gaining the rights to a player without having to give anything up. And this is the first time we've been able to do that in, since last year, really. You know, I mean, you know, that's, that's how lucky we've been in the past two drafts. But I think what makes the most sense, I can preach going after assets all day, it's still a low percentage chance to really make sense. At the end of the day, the best scenario, the most likely scenario, probably is staying and picking um, John Moran. But that accommodates you to where you now have the ability to sit back and wait. You don't have to trade Conley before the draft. 
You don't have to trade Conley Deer in the draft. You can wait until free agency when more suitors may be there. You can wait till next year. Gain the ability for him to mentor Moran. And at the trade deadline, as Braden Abraham, you know, friend of the friend of the show, you know, he uh, he pointed out beautifully. It just there's so much more leverage now that you can wait for trades to come to you. And I, and I do think that that's an extra benefit in all of this is that gaining the rights to be able to draft Moran or Barrett if we consider him really allows for you to have more leverage and more control of the cards to get the best return you can for whatever you may trade. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. I agree with that. And so I want to go to a quick ad break right here before we talk about some other opportunities for the Grizzlies to cash in on more assets. Okay, and we're back. And Sean, I really want to close the show with these two names that can gain us some pretty good assets. And that is Avery Bradley and Jonas Valanciunas. And first with Bradley, he's an interesting player to where... He has $12 million guaranteed if he's waived after July 3rd, but it's only $2 million guaranteed if waived July 3rd before. Um, I think that's a very valuable asset for teams that are looking to free up some cap space going into this offseason. Um, I think it's a very good opportunity to do a draft night trade. Maybe um, the one trade I would like to do personally is I would take on the final year of Alan Crabb's contract for either the 27th or 31st pick and they give them Avery Bradley. So maybe like that's a trade I can see them doing because, you know, they want to go after Kyrie. They want to go after KD. They want to star chase. They want to be in that tier of stars this summer and maybe potentially bring back D'Angelo Russell. So Sean, I want you to, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the idea of using Avery Bradley as a draft night trade option for teams that are looking to, dump some salary in order to open up some more cash space this summer and maybe acquiring an extra pick in this year's draft. Oh, I love the idea. And, and you know me, I'm, I am all about, I come from a financial background. I'm all about do when it comes to investing, selling stocks, buying stocks, all that different stuff. And that's exactly what Avery Bradley did. Avery Bradley's best value to this team is the best asset he can bring back. That's nothing necessarily against Bradley. It's just the status and the timeline the Grizzlies team is on. And so I agree with you completely. And the other thing about it is, is that this is the type of moves that we've been wanting the Grizzlies to make forever. The Grizzlies have never really been that creative type team. We've always expected more of the Brooksgate type stuff and potential trades than we have this type of creativity. But I agree with you completely. Use our potential ability to have cap space. Use our timeline of rebuilding. Make Use the roster space and the cap space as an asset. Use it as a place to be able to gain you know, that extra draft pick. And I think it makes sense. You can get those role players or maybe even an international stash player to be able to be there later on as a part of the roster when we are ready to contend again. So I think you bring up a great point. I think Avery Bradley really doesn't have a place with this team going forward in terms of being on the court. He had a great march, but I think that he could be an excellent addition to a contender if he played like he did in March. And I think he could be an excellent way for us to be able to gain the next draft pick, which we really need. Right. And there are some other teams too that could um, be a team that could be a quote-unquote landing spot for Avery Bradley. It's really just a trade partner. 
I really like the idea of trading with Atlanta because I could see a situation where Atlanta tries to chase a veteran to help speed up this rebuild process. I mean, they do have two first-round picks this year, as well as Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins. That's a promising young trio. So maybe they try to go after a guy like Chris Middleton or Tobias Harris. I don't know, just somebody that can help expedite that rebuild. But they also have two second-round picks this year. So maybe you try to dump Avery Bradley for one of those one of those picks and maybe I don't know, like it's you in the range where you're getting a guy like Shamori Pons. I mean, he may not make much sense with um John Moran already there, but there's also Dedrick Law Dedrick Lawson, excuse me, Admiral Schofield, Jalen McDaniels, Darius Baisley. I don't know, just try to see if you can get something. Heck <laughs> Toss a flyer on Taco Fall to see if he can be, you know, like a Boba Marjanovic kind of guy. I don't know. Like, it's just something to be creative. And I think the thing about it also is the Grizzlies need to watch the East. I think that that is something that comes into a big, big thing here. You've got several East teams that are in the back part of this draft. You've got several East teams to where if Kawhi leaves, um, Toronto goes out west. Say the 76ers were to lose Tobias Butler. They go elsewhere or go out west. Tyree leaving Boston. You could have a major power shift in the east. The Grizzlies with Conley and with you know potential role player in JB or Avery Bradley, amongst others, these east teams could really benefit from the Grizzlies' assets. Use that to your advantage. Create some type of bidding war, even if it is Avery Bradley. He can make a difference in the playoffs if he gets on a hot shooting streak. And I think that's what you use to convince teams to give up a late first rounder for him. Right. I don't really think it's going to be more about keeping them. I think it's going to be one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to get this bad contract that ex- doesn't expire this summer and just take on, just take Avery Bradley and we'll waive them. It only costs us $2 million. Great. Now we can open up some more cap space to go chase some stars. That's why I really agree with you on there. Watch the East because I think you can see a lot of Eastern Conference teams try to do that. And I, I don't know. I mean, Parker, I, you, I, I will be glad to admit you, you are a very knowledgeable NBA mind. I mean, I, I think in conversation with friends amongst others, I really stated that, you know, for especially for the Conley market and even for the JV market, uh, you know, the Onus market, if you the three power players in this are Kimba, Kyrie, and Kawhi, if they leave their teams in the East, there's some opening on those teams. If especially if Mark, I think he will opt in. But you know it, these these teams have openings to where again the Grizzlies' assets can come in play. But these big players, these big free agents that we're waiting to see where they go, do you feel that probably of the six or seven big free agents that five to six of them are going to change teams? I don't think five or six. I, I I really don't. It's tough market to gauge because there's so many unpredictable personalities. You can't predict what Kawhi's going to do. You can't predict what Kevin Durant's going to do or Kyrie Irving or Kimba Walker. It's just tough to gauge. I mean, obviously the speculation is great and all, but at the end of the day, I just it's just weird where it's like a lot of times you can kind of be like, oh yeah, they're probably leaving. Just the question is where and. You can't really answer that right now. 
you hit the nail on the head, the personalities. I don't know if we've ever had a free agent market where there had been such polarizing personalities. I mean, you know, KB, Kawhi, Jimmy, um, Kyrie, all of them <laughs> have really become polarizing over the years in not so positive ways. So I think this is going to be one of the more interesting free agent um, years that you'll see. And that's why personally I think that if the Grizzlies, Avery Bradley is a lesser, is on a lesser level of a trade, a draft night trade with him to gain an extra pick, I get it. But for your big players, for your big assets, I really think the Grizzlies are best suited to wait for free agency. Correct there. And finally, just I want to close with this one because I don't think many people have thought about this. Is so uh, Jonas Valanciunas is opt-in date is around June 13th. That's where he has to decide whether he's going to opt in for next season or enter free agency. If he opts in, like in the new front office, not necessarily the new front office, well, yeah, the new front office as well as the coach just don't see how he fits with the team. Like, what about the idea of just trading Jonas Valanciunas for like a wing or two plus like a second rounder? If the Grizzlies trade Mike Conley, the best thing they can hope for is this, in my opinion. Hope that Jonas opts in, which he's probably going to. And then I would potentially keep Jonas for the trade deadline next year. Just like and it would be a similar situation with what they had with Mark. Now, I know that you know uh, Jonas wouldn't have a player option for you know, uh, 2020, 2021. But what I would do personally is if I didn't really get a trade that made sense during the summer, I would find a way, however it worked with Mark, and teach Jonas, work with him on that three-point shot. Jonas can shoot the three-pointer very well. Mark Gasol added that three-pointer back in the 16-17 season. Ever since that year, the top four centers by a wide margin that have made the most threes, the pure centers, are Brooke Lopez, Mark Gasol, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Nikola Jokic. All four of their teams were in the final eight. If you want to make Jonas a tradable asset and attractive asset, the type of skill set he is loses value a lot in the playoffs. Make him become a legitimate three-point threat and then trade him at the deadline, I think that may be the best avenue for the Grizzlies to get most the most out of Jonas when it comes to a trade. Absolutely. I agree with you on all that. And it's just great where you're finally, we have flexibility for once. We have this newfound leverage of just actually having assets. Granted, the pick that we owe to Boston is kind of a, a hindrance, but we have a nice abundance of expiring contracts that could be good trade assets. So it's just going to be a very exciting summer, being a very exciting next season. Man, I'm already looking forward to it. Did you think 15 months ago we would be having these type of conversations, Parker? Honestly, 15 months ago, I didn't have any hope in this franchise, to be quiet. I mean, my only my only hope was the idea of getting a top five pick in the 2018 draft, which would have yielded you DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, Marvin Bagley, Jaron Jackson Jr., or Trey Young. That was the only hope I had. Other than that... <laughs> Not really. I mean, we were, we owed we owed a pick to Boston. I mean, we were still willingly wanting to run with Mike Conley and Marcus All, and as great as they are, great as they were, I knew that wasn't what we were supposed to do. 
we were strapped with Chandler Parsons' contract, and that's going to be coming off the books next summer. Our best young player and our only good draft pick in the past decade was the 45th pick in the 2017 draft. Like, why would I have hope? But now, things are different. So I'm really excited about that. Really just pumped to see where the Grizzlies are going and going into the 2020s. Parker, I got one last thing I want to hear your opinion on. We're talking about assets. We're talking about hypotheticals. This will never happen. Mark Cuban gets on the phone with you and you're representing the Grizzlies. I'll give you Luka Doncic for the number two pick in Mike Conley. What's your take, Parker? Probably, yeah. I'd probably take Luka. <laughs> I don't blame you a bit. <laughs> After his rookie season, I don't blame you a bit. Oh, absolutely. I, I just think he's going to be a, a generational talent. So, yeah, that that is that's my spot right there. It's good. I mean, the only players I would do any sort of deal with that, with Conley and two, it's for Luka or Giannis. That's it. So, that's just me. That's just me. But, Sean, we're about running out of time here. And so, just go ahead and plug your stuff away. Tell them where they can find you on Twitter, your work, and 3D Podcast. Well, um, thanks. Uh, you know, a, another mutual friend of ours, me and uh, Justin uh, Lewis, uh, we're there weekly. Uh, probably going to get on there tonight and record our next show. You can uh, follow Justin at Justin or J underscore Timberfake underscore on Twitter, and you can follow me at SACSAC. Um, huge thanks to Grizzly Bear Blues, especially yourself, Parker. You've been a guest on the show. We'll be soon, but we can't thank you enough for, for your kindness to us. But you can follow us on Twitter at, at 3 and Pod. Uh, basically, the concept is, you know, we're just like you know, all the other Grizzlies podcasts, but just with some, you know, straightforward takes. We try our best to talk about the latest news and also try to talk about the NBA. If you are a Braves fan or a Vols fan, you definitely need to follow as well. I know that's not Parker. I know it's not Justin, but it is me. But, yeah, that's where you can find us. You can find uh, me at StatsACC. You can find Justin at Justin underscore Timberfake underscore and uh, the 3ND Pod at 3ND Pod um, at 3ND Pod on Twitter. And uh, you can find our stuff on Grizzly Bear Blue. So with Parker. Yes, sir. And do all that. Follow Sean on Twitter at StatsSAC. Also, check out his work on grizzlybearblues.com and on the 3ND podcast. Sean does terrific work. He just he really works his ass off to make GBB a better place. And so with that, follow the podcast on Twitter at the core four podcast with the number four, not the word four. Also follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Follow the blog on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Find them on the web at grizzlybearblues.com. The Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Megaphone, wherever you get your podcast. That's where you can find the Core 4 Podcast and GBB Live. And with that, we'll see you soon.